I have a word that I want to share with you. I really believe it's a word in season. It's been kind of burning in my heart. And I really want to share it with you. And the title of, my word, of this word is, is help my world has changed. Help my world has changed. And I want to share, I want to share with you today, part one today, and then next week we're going to be continuing talking about you know, the world that has changed and what we need to do at a time of change and a, tri a time of disruption and a time where so much has been interrupted in our lives. I, I really believe that 2020, we will look back and we will remember that of 2020 as a year of global disruption. I mean, everything about our lives has been disrupted. Our, the things we used to do daily, our works have been disrupted. I mean, there's just so much. Our, our rhythms, our, our weekly rhythms have been disrupted. Our, our routines have been altered. And so, you know, I want to talk to you about that. What has just happened to our world? You know, most of us, we, we don't, still don't know. We can't make of what has just happened to us. But I really believe that, you know, God always has answers. And I really believe in a, in a time of turbulence and change, there's a God that wants you to stay, uh, stay established and stay, you know, immovable and stay in blessing and stay courageous and stay different, maybe from the way we see the world, you know, because we are a different people and we believe God. So I want to take you today to Daniel chapter 9. I think of this passage in Daniel chapter 9 and verse 1. So Daniel 9, 1 says this, In the first year of Darius, the son of Azaras of the lineage of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified in the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God, and I made confessions, and I said, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments. We're going to be continuing. We will continue to read chapter 9 of um, the book of Daniel. But for those that are a bit unfamiliar with this passage or with Daniel, let me just say that, you know, Daniel lived at a time when the people of Israel had been taken captive to Babylon. You know, Daniel would have been a teenager uh, when he was taken from everything that he knew to a completely different land, to a completely different people, with different customs, with different religion. And I know suddenly, just overnight, you know, life for Daniel and all the Israelites had changed radically. You know, they were taken captives. They were cut off from the land of, that God had given them. And they were cut off from the worship in the temple. And they were taken to a completely different land, completely different people, completely different scenario. And you know, one, there are two words that are quite common in, in, in Daniel chapter 9 and chapter 10 is the word disaster, and it's the word desolation. And those words describe well what happened during that time. There was disaster, there was desolation. I would slot in another word, disruption. 
A little bit like what we're going through right now. This is a time of major disruption. What we knew up to this point certainly has completely changed. And so by the time of this writing, Daniel was probably already 80 years of age. He would have spent probably 50 to 60 years in, in captivity, in exile, in this other scenario. And, and he was far removed from the normality of the life that he knew as a teenager. And, and he, was, he was longing to understand exactly why this had happened. You know, he didn't know what to make of this disruption, of the desolation and of all that was going on. And I don't know about you, but I, I feel that in a similar way, we're also at, at a time that is crucial for mankind and a time of, of major disruption. A lot of people say, well, changes come to stay. So we may not feel it as much probably as in other countries in the world, but this has been a time not only of disruption, but of major desolation and disaster for the world. Right now, at the time that, that we are connecting right now online, you know, there's, there's about 15 million people that have been infected by this virus. Of those, something like close to 600,000 people in the world have died. So the economic and the social you know, repercussions, they're still unfolding and they're not looking good. You know, what to make of all that's happening to us and how to cope in a, in a state of global disruption? You know, these are some of the questions, some of the things I want to talk to you about today and then again next week. But here's what Daniel did because Daniel, he wanted to make sense of what had happened. He could still remember the days when he was able to go to the temple and worship there. He still remembered the days when he was in Jerusalem doing what all the other Jewish people did. And, and he couldn't make sense of the exile. He couldn't make sense of the interruption. He couldn't make sense of the fact that something dramatic had happened in his life and in Israel. But there's a few things that he did. Number one, he went to the scriptures. He went to the scriptures, you know, what does God have to say about this? What does God have to say about this? We've all heard the experts and the scientific community and, and the politicians. We've all heard what everybody else had to say. But I think at a time like this, at a time of disruption, we need to really, number one, ask ourselves, what is God saying about this? And you know what? Daniel went to the scriptures somehow. Uh, for many in exile, they had forgotten the scriptures. They had forgotten what Isaiah had prophesied because Isaiah had spoken about that time. They had forgotten about what Jeremiah had prophesied. And Jeremiah had spoken exactly about what had happened. But they had forgotten the scriptures. Many of them had forgotten even what it was like to worship in a temple. You know, how sad it is to embrace a new normal without God and without the scriptures. So, you know what, but, but Daniel had a different spirit. And Daniel thought, well, for sure God has something to say about this. And Daniel went and he found the book of Jeremiah and he got into the book of Jeremiah and he started studying the book of Jeremiah because he wanted to know what God had to say about that situation. And right now in the situation we're going through, we need to know what is God saying about our situation? Because, you know, Jeremiah and, and Isaiah spoke about the people to the people of that day. But I want you to know something. Jesus spoke much about the people of this day, the people living at the, at the end of the age, at the end of time. And he spoke much 
about you know, the end times and what's going to happen. He spoke much about pandemics. He spoke much about signs that, in fact, are right before our eyes and, and, and too visible for us to ignore. But it's important to go back to the Word. What has God, what is God saying in this season? What did Jesus say about this season that we are in right now? Daniel, as he was looking into the book of Jeremiah, he found out, he did the maths, and he found out that 70 years was going to be the, the time of the exile. And in fact, that time was about to expire. So a new era was about to open. God was about to fulfill the promises and take God's people back. You know, God is a God of restoration. God is God, a God that, that uh, you know, is, is a God of restoration. And he's a God of his word, and he's a God of covenant, and he's a God of mercy. And he's a God that he, what he said is going to come to pass. The second thing that he did, he went into a place of prayer and intercession. Look at verse 3. It says, Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God. And my, I made confession, and I said, Lord, Great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments. And he started praying this prayer. He went into a place of prayer and intercession. And you know, it was also, so he's trying to make, he's trying to understand what's going on. So he went to the scriptures, number one. Secondly, he went to a place of prayer. And it was in that place of prayer that God started unfolding and revealing to him what was really going on. And when we continue reading the book of Daniel and we come to Daniel chapter 10, we see that God kind of opened his eyes to another realm, to another reality. And God started showing him how what was really manifesting in the natural was simply the result of what was going on in the spiritual realm. And, and an angel appeared to him and the angel said, you know what's really going on? There's spiritual warfare in the heavenlies. There's principalities and powers that are fighting against angels of God. There's, 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 uh, there's Michael, the archangel, fighting against these principalities. And you know what? All that was manifesting in the natural was just purely a result of what was going on in the spiritual realm. You know, and we need, we need to understand because the Bible is not silent about all of that. In actual fact, in Ephesians chapter 6, you know, the Apostle Paul, he gave us a behind-the-scenes tour of what really happens in sometimes situations like this. He said, well, our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness. So, you know what, we have, we have access to that understanding that a lot of times what is manifesting in the natural is simply a result of spiritual warfare, of stuff that's going on in the spiritual realm. That's why it's so vitally important that we pray. Because when we pray, we are enforcing the victory of Jesus over principalities and powers. When we pray, when the church prays, you know, something happens because Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever lo is loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. So you know what? When we are praying down here, you know what? That this, we are determining the outcome 
of the, of the battle in the spiritual realm. And we take authority in the name of Jesus. And so when we use that name, those principalities and powers at war against us, they have to bow their knee. They have to desist the things that they have brought against us. You know what? We move things, you know. We move things. We move mountains. We move heaven and we move earth, you know, when we pray. So I tell you what, he went into a place of prayer and we need to come to that place of prayer. Amen. You know, all that's happening, I tell you what, it's an assault from the kingdom of darkness against us. But we need to repel that assault. We need to show who's boss. We need to show them who's king and who's Lord. And there's only one name. There's only one boss and one Lord, and that's Jesus. Amen. Jesus is Lord. Come on. Somebody out there, you know, somebody in your home, just, just stand up from your couch and just shout and say, Jesus is Lord in my family. Jesus is Lord in my finances, in my work, and my kids. Come on. Declare the Lordship of Jesus. He is Lord. He's Lord over Australia. He's Lord over Melbourne in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We will not be intimidated by some little microscopic thing because Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. Come on. I'm preaching better than you saying amen. Come on. Somebody out there in your home, say amen. Get up from your couch. Rejoice in God. Come on. Receive faith in your spirit today. Amen. Now, let me continue reading. The third thing that he did was he said, sorry. That's called repentance. He said, sorry. He went to the word and he went into a place of prayer. And then he said to God, I, I, I'm sorry. Sorry is a very, very powerful thing. Repentance. You know, we don't always know why things happen. But you know what? Repentance is always a good starting point. You know, when, when stuff happens, I, my, my study point is always, Lord, if, if I missed this, what have I missed? If I missed God in this? And we can all miss God. We, we can all miss God. We can all, at one time or another, you know, fall short of the best that God had for us. And the best thing when we acknowledge that is, is to really go to God and say, God, I am sorry. And, you know, I mean, in, in the case of Daniel, it was clear that you know, for hundreds of years, people had been rejecting God. People had been kind of pushing God out of Israel, wanting to have their own way, worshiping other things. And it's not too different from the world that we're living in. You know, we keep pushing God. We could keep pushing God out. And you know what? God respects our decisions. In that case, God said, well, if I'm out, then I'll leave you with those that you want to be with. And as someone once said to me, it's not a very deep thought, but I'll, I'll share it with you. You lie down with the dogs, you wake up with the fleas. <laughs> so bad decisions lead to bad results. And so at a time like that, I, I think the best thing to do, and God is so merciful because he's right there to help us. He's right there to attend to us. And right there, you know, he was just saying sorry. And I think it's a very, very powerful thing to, to say, Lord, I am sorry. You know, some people find it hard to say, I'm sorry. They're either, they either to think too highly of their own righteousness or they're just, just so filled with pride. But it's so important to say, I am sorry. You know, secular humanistic thinking says, you know, don't say sorry. It's a sign of weakness. I remember the movie I watched many, many years ago, and I don't recommend you watch that movie. I just watched it because I was on a flight going somewhere and there was nothing else. But it was a movie called Miss Little Sunshine. And there was this uncle that kept telling his niece, you know, don't say sorry. That is weakness. Don't say sorry. If you say sorry, people will think that you are weak. Listen. Humility 
is not weakness. Jesus was humble and Jesus was very powerful. Jesus was meek, but Jesus was not weak. <laughs> there is great power in humility. You know, the Bible says, if, if my people were called by my name, if they humble themselves and pray, God says, just watch out because I'll come and I will heal their land. And I really believe at a time like this, we need healing in our land. We need healing. And I tell you what, it is a time for humility. It is a time to come to God and say, God, I don't know. I don't know if I'm to blame or I, I don't know, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I failed. I'm sorry if I was, if I should have been more prayerful. I'm sorry, Lord, if I should have interceded more for my nation and what's going on in the world. I'm sorry, Lord, if I've been a bit indifferent and, and if you found maybe apathy in my own life. I'm sorry if this ex is exposed like a fight. I don't know. Whatever it is, just say, I am sorry. You know what? Look at verse 13. It says this, as it is written in the law of Moses. All this disaster has come upon us. Now the three is disruption, disaster, desolation. All this disaster has come upon us, yet we have not made our prayer before the Lord our God. In other words, yet we haven't said sorry, yet we haven't really sought you. This is what, what Daniel is saying. He's saying, yet we have not made our prayer before the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities, turn from, that is... That is repentance. It's turning from something that's, that's not going right to, to the ways of God. Turning, we have not turned from our iniquities and understand your truth. How about we turn to the truth of Jesus? At a time where uh, to a lot of people, truth, you know, what is truth? A bit like Pilate said, well, what is truth? There are no absolutes. Well, that's absurd. Let's come back to the truth. Of God that will get us in line for breakthrough and for victory amen so repentance say well but that's the law of Moses L let me just say this to you repentance is a New Testament word in actual fact it is one of the fundamental doctrines of Christ when you read Hebrews chapter 6 there are six uh, six elementary doctrines of Christ and it starts by saying number one repentance towards God number number two faith number three you know, the first one actually, repentance, it is a New Testament word. It is a New Testament doctrine, and we need to embrace it. Amen. So Daniel repented. But Daniel repented with strong faith in the mercy of God. You know, repentance is not a hopeless exercise before an unforgiving God. No, you know, God in the Bible has revealed, him, has revealed himself as a God of mercy. Look at verse 9. This is now uh, in the prayer of Daniel. Daniel said, To the Lord our God, mercy and forgiveness. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against Him. Wow. Mercy and forgiveness. Verse 18. Look at verse 18. It says, Oh my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations. That's that D word again. Desolations. And the city which, which is called by your name. For we do not present our supplications before you because of our righteous deeds, but because of your great mercies. You know what he's saying? He's saying, you know, it's not our deeds. It's your mercy. It's not our works. It's your grace. 
It's not something that we have to do, but it's, it's, it's you. It's, it's your nature. You are a God of mercy. So he presented his, he came repentant before God that he knew was a God of mercy. Praise God. And this faith in the mercy of God gave him boldness to address God with confidence. <laughs> Look at verse 19. Verse 19 says this. Oh, Lord, hear. Oh, Lord, forgive. Oh, Lord, listen and act. Do not delay for your namesake, my God, for your city and your people that are called by your name. God hear, God forgive, God listen, God act. Do not delay. I mean, the guy's really bold. It's like, hey, you can't order God around. Come on. But, but this is, he's got boldness. He's coming to the throne of God's grace with boldness. He's engaging with God. He's wrestling with God and saying, God, you know, Lord hear, Lord forgive, Lord Lord, listen and act. Do not delay. There's a lot of exclamation marks. That's a good way to pray, you know. Pray not in a passive way, but engage with God and wrestle with God. Amen. But he could do that because he knew that God was a God of mercy and a God of forgiveness. And he was coming with boldness before the throne of grace of God to find grace, to find help in time of need. You know what? The humility of repentance and the boldness of faith are such a powerful combination. Or if you want to see more answers to your prayers, remember this. The humility of repentance and the boldness of faith. Now let's read verse 20. Amen. Are you enjoying this message? Hallelujah. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm, <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I'm going I'm to watch it myself. Verse 20. It says, now uh, while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and, and the sin of my people of Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord God for the holy mountain of God. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer. I mean, look at what he's saying. He said, while I was speaking and praying, confessing, supplication, speaking in prayer. What is he doing? You know, I, I think of that scripture in Ephesians 6, 18, with, where it says, praying praying always with all manner of prayer and supplication and, pray, and being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplications. Like pray with all kinds of prayer. Just pray. Just pray. Speaking, praying, confessing, supplication. Verse 21. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, in fact, the angel Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, he reached me about the time of the evening offering and informed me and talked with me and said, Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. Now, th that's been the quest of Daniel. That's why he went to the word. That's why he went to prayer. That's why he went to repentance because he, he didn't know what to make of the disruption that had come upon Israel. He didn't know why suddenly it was as if their lives were put on pause and everything that they knew had changed. But now there's some answers. And an angel came to him so that he could get some answers. And I tell you what, the Bible says, if you knock, if you seek, you will find. If you knock, it will be open. If you ask, you will receive. I tell you what, when you engage with God, you will hear God speak to you. And I pray that even this morning, that it is God speaking to you, that God is saying, you know what, go back to that place 
of prayer. Go back to the place of the word. There's some answers awaiting for you. Hallelujah. Let's, um, let's read verse 23. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out. I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. You are greatly beloved. Wow. At a time of turbulence, at a time of instability, at a time where things have changed and we don't know what to make of all that has happened, please, if you don't remember anything else from this message, remember this one thing. You are greatly loved by God. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. You are loved. You are loved. As we kind of conclude this, we need to remember the word. We need to remember prayer. We need to remember to say sorry. And sometimes we, we can say also sorry on behalf of others. Uh, like, like Daniel, he said sorry on behalf of all the people of Israel who at that point were backslidden, forgotten about God, about the Word of God. They were forgotten. They had already forgotten the house of God and on all those great days and what it was like to worship God in the temple. They were forgotten. They were going about their lives. So he's saying sorry on their behalf. He's, saying, he's, he's standing in a gap and saying, God, just, okay, disregard their apathy, God. Just have mercy on them. So remember the word, remember prayer, remember to say sorry. Remember that you can approach the throne of God. It's available to you. Approach it with boldness. You know, it is a throne of grace and a throne of mercy and a throne of forgiveness. And when you turn, when you repent, when you say sorry, God's right there to embrace you. God's right there to cause things to come to pass. Amen. You know what? And, and remember that you, are, that you are loved, greatly loved, greatly loved by God. So Daniel lived at a time of disruption, desolation, and disaster. And, you know, he could have been indifferent. He could have been passive about it. He could have just gone with the flow like everybody else. But, but he, was, he was passionate. He was passionate about the situation. He chose to understand what was going on and to stand in the gap for his nation. And I tell you what, Right now in the days and the times that we're living in, I just want to conclude this message by encouraging you in the name of Jesus not to be passive, not to be indifferent towards what's going on. You know, we are the church. You know, we can have access to God and know of all the people on the earth, you know, the scientists, the politicians, the organ, you know, we can actually know what's going on. And I tell you what's going on. There's an enemy that has unleashed its power against us on all fronts. We've never experienced anything like this. And you know what? We are the only people on this whole planet that can use the authority that we have been given and confront that enemy and engage against that, that enemy and tell him in the name of Jesus, remind him of the power of the cross and tell him, to go in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I want to encourage you at a time like this, don't go with the flow. Don't be forgetful about the mercy, the goodness of God, all that God has done in your life. Don't be... Now, come on. This is a time for action. This is a time to engage. This is a time to pray. Amen. And I'm really, really pumped. Help. My world has changed. That's the title of this message. We're going to continue next week. Next week, we will look at those things that should stay unchanged in our lives. Those things that will help you and I 
to navigate disruption. And you know what? And keep the peace of God in our lives. Amen. Praise God. Praise God.